Welcome, welcome to Fashion Love Stories with Susanna Galanis. I'm a jewelry designer and New Yorker and I'm here to share with you my stories. Fashion, passion, love, history, ancient Greek and current, art, cinema, music, poetry, etc, etc. I have so many interests, cooking, traveling, so much, so much to share, so I can't wait. This podcast is sponsored to you by Susanna Galani Jewelry, Age of Gods. Please visit at www.susannagalanis.com. Before we begin, my darlings, I wanted to remind you that in most of my podcasts, there is more than one segment and uh, usually there is a bonus or two at the very end. So please make sure you listen the podcast until the end. Although I may say this is it, end of story, etc, etc. There is a surprise bonus uh, coming up. So please uh, listen until the end. Thank you. Okay, my darlings, I'm back. Uh, it's uh, election day, USA today, and I'm getting ready to go out and vote. I'm going to go for a while, and then I'll be back, and I'm going to start a new story. I'm not going to tell you. It's a surprise, but uh, I'll give you a hint. It's about love, my darlings. Something about love. Yes, my darlings, I'm going to give you another little hint. It's going to be about love and music. As far as I'm concerned, music matters as much as love. Inspired by my previous podcast uh, and Mr. James Bond and the era of uh, the original uh, Mr. James Bond, uh, 1970s, the whole era is full of beauty and classic and elegance and love. So, yes, uh, in this podcast is going to be about music, uh, retro music inspired by uh, cinema and uh, some uh, music scores that uh, are uh, my all-time favorites and um, give you some information about the beautiful people that uh, participated in making this music and uh, give you some music history. How about that? I think you will love it. Who am I going to vote? The man that I love, of course. It's obvious. Who is he? I will never tell you. I will never tell you, my darlings, because I don't like to politicize anything. Uh, I, I, I actually detest uh, when people uh, are injecting their political beliefs on uh, their platforms and try to influence the people uh, that follow them uh, to follow their uh, political beliefs. Uh, I detest it immensely i love you too much and i respect you for who you are and your political beliefs and uh, my love for you is uh, unconditional because uh, i love uh, the light in you and not uh, not your views and uh, your personal opinions to me you're who you are and uh, i take you and i love you as you are so, yes, uh, you're never going to find uh, who I voted for. <laughs> uh, 
And uh, I have to go. Uh, speaking about the voting, I have to run out. Uh, I hope uh, the lines are not uh, long. Uh, and I will be back uh, with more love and music and uh, romance and uh, beauty, my darlings. I'll be back. back darlings it was a very interesting day it feels very weird uh, with the elections and everything um, I feel good I feel excited I feel upbeat uh, I feel a uh, celebratory uh, for some reason uh, let me see what happens with the results I don't want to be disappointed I don't think I will be disappointed but um, that's how it is. Uh, it's anticipation. I can't take it anymore. So I was watching the news with everybody's predictions and possible predictions and uh, possible opinions. And uh, I just don't want to be there. And I don't want to. It's just too much. <laughs> too much anticipation and tension and uh, uncomfort uncomfortable feeling. And uh, yes, I took a bubble bath and I did my hair. First, first time in a very long time. I usually, I put my hair up in a ponytail and uh, I call it a day. But today, for some reason, I just feel very very much uh, celebratory. Or maybe it's the love uh, story here uh, that uh, I'm about to to embark uh, <laughs> telling you about um, this amazing uh, French uh, musician uh, Francis Lai and I will tell you all about uh, him uh, his story and uh, I will uh, describe uh, talk about two of my favorite movies that he uh, composed the scores and he has received uh, a lot of attention and uh, awards. Uh, the first movie is a Love Story and the second uh, movie is uh, French, uh, A Man and a Woman, uh, Un Homme and Un Fille. So, pardon my French, okay? <laughs> I'm trying. So, Un Homme and Un Fille. Si, oui, oui. Oui, mon amour. So, I will uh, come back with the story. The love story and the story of the love story. Musically speaking, love. Romance. It's November 3rd, Election Eve in New York City. So in this segment, I'm going to tell you the story of Francis Lai, the music composer he was uh, noted mostly for uh, film scores. Um, his name is Francis Albert Lai. He's French. He was born um, in Nice. In uh, 1932, his, his birthday was April 26, 1932, and he passed away November 7, in 2018. Um, so he was born uh, in Nice, as I said, France, and he was the son of a market gardener of Italian origin. I think both, both his parents were market gardeners. From a very early age, Lai was fascinated with music. And he played uh, first in his local regional orchestra in Marseille. He discovered jazz and he was fascinated with the music and the popular songs of the time. 
of his youth and eventually in his 20s he moved to Paris in Montmartre, a very artistic, uh, lively music scene and uh, this is where he made a lot of connections and um, he created music. Um, a lot of very famous musicians were there at the time, including Edith Piaf, um, a very famous uh, French uh, singer, and he worked with her as well. Um, in 1965, he met uh, a filmmaker, Claude Lelouch, and he was hired to help uh, write the score for a film he was uh, making at the time, uh, A Man and a Woman. Uh, uh, the film was released uh, in 1966. It's one of the two films that I will tell you there are my favorites of um, this era by this composer. And uh, I'm sure there are others, but I haven't seen all of them. Uh, I will. Uh, now that I'm doing this podcast, I'm inspired to, to learn more, more about this uh, very incredibly talented artist, musician, and definitely I will see. But um, the first um, movie that he worked for was The Man and a Woman, and um, he received a major international success. Uh, and the film earned uh, a number of Academy Awards. Okay, so uh, Young Lai received uh, a Golden Globe Award. Uh, nomination for Best Original Score. This initial success brought more opportunities for uh, Mr. Lai and a lot more uh, movies uh, were presented to him for him to write a score. The next major movie that I'm so fascinated with, uh, it's the love story, the film called Love Story. Don't, don't confuse it with my life. Love, love stories here, yeah, Alex. Don't confuse it. So this is just love story. The movie it has nothing to do with my own love stories of my podcast, but it is a love story. Okay, one of my love stories with the topic of the movie love story. Okay, so I hope I did not confuse you. But um, so he uh, composed in 1970 the score of love story and uh, he won the academy award for best music original score and he also won the golden globe award um, for best original score in the united states the soundtrack uh, was number two in the billboard album charts uh, and the film uh, theme uh, the, the theme song uh, where do i begin was a hit single okay so it became a very famous song and eventually uh, madame shirley bassey she she song she sang that song uh, amazing love story okay so his career spanned for 40 years uh, he wrote music for television programs and collaborated with other musicians as well and uh, he wrote scores for over 100 films um, and personally he wrote more than 600 songs uh, okay so he he he's a, a mega composer and um, definitely uh, I'm bringing him to your attention so it's an opportunity to just uh, look into his work and uh, see uh, what your favorite uh, song is, what your favorite piece is. Uh, they, the, the, the pieces, uh, they have been uh, loved uh, by people from all over the world. And um, he's up there, one of the top composers of all time. Okay, so going next, um, in the next segment, I will uh, tell you more about um, my fascination with uh, the film's uh, love story and uh, Uno uh, and Un Figlio, a man and a woman. I'll be right back.
tell the story of how great love can be The sweet love story that is older than the sea The simple truth about the love he brings to me Okay, darlings, I start here. Love story, the movie. It's a 1970 American romantic drama film, and it was um, written as a novel initially by Eric Siegel. The two major uh, leading uh, people, uh, characters, is Ali Magron and uh, Ryan O'Neill. It's a tra tragedy, my darlings. Um, Okay, it's a tragedy. The film is considered one of the most romantic by uh, the American Film Institute. It's the number nine on the list. Um, I have to see what the others are and give it to you at the end um, because I'm curious myself. Um, it is one of the highest grossing films of all time. Okay, and here is the plot. Oliver, um, played by Ryan O'Neill, uh, is an heir to an American upper-class uh, East Coast uh, high-end family, okay? And he's attending Harvard College where he plays ice hockey. He was a hunk, uh, an all-American hunk, uh, gorgeous, wealthy, good-looking, everything. Um, he met Jennifer her nickname was Jenny, Jennifer Cavallieri, and uh, she's played by Ali Magro. She was a quick-witted, working-class, uh, Radcliffe College student of classical music. Um, so they were both in the early 20s. So when they met, they quickly fell in love despite their differences. What differences, you may say? At that time, 50 years ago, it was uh, uh, class differences. He was more uh, wealthy and she was more uh, middle class. And uh, it, it was supposed to be an issue. Uh, these days, it is not. We came a long way. But uh, during the early 70s, uh, it was not so acceptable. Or uh, it was um, a little bit more difficult to, to be accepted in marriage and relationships. Thank God uh, these days are over. So anyway, so at that time uh, when Jenny revealed uh, her plans to study in Paris because she was a musician and she had a dream to go to Paris, uh, Oliver was very upset because he did not want to lose her at all. He was in love with her. So what he did instead, he kept her here by proposing to marry her. And uh, because she was so in love, she accepted um, so here we have the scene where uh, they both travel to Barrett, uh, to the Barrett mansion. Uh, the parents were that wealthy. Uh, so she can meet Oliver's parents. Both the parents were very judgmental and unimpressed with her, okay? Later on, uh, Oliver's father tells him that he will cut him off financially if he marries Jenny. After graduation, however, both uh, they got married and uh, they lived uh, very happy for the time, uh, regardless of the father's uh, uh, feelings about um, their relationship. Uh, however, without his father's financial support, uh, the couple uh, struggled to pay Oliver's way through Harvard Law School. Uh, Jenny was working as a teacher, as an art teacher, to help him. Oliver graduated third in his class and he took a position uh, at a respectable New York City law firm. Uh, at that point, they were ready to start a family, but uh, they failed to conceive. So after many tests, Oliver was told that Jenny was terminally ill uh, with cancer. 
So Oliver attempts to live a normal, quote-unquote, normal life uh, without telling Jenny about her condition, but she eventually found out. Um, it was bad, her situation, and Oliver, uh, he felt very uh, uh, guilty about taking her away from her dream to go to Paris and study. So he buys a ticket for them to go to Paris, but she declined. She said uh, all she wanted in her life uh, was to spend time with him. That's all what matters to her. Mattered to her. Uh, she did not want to go to Paris. She wanted to be with him. To pay for uh, Jenny's cancer therapy, Oliver s asked money from his estranged father, who the father asked him, uh, uh, "Are you? Did you get the girl? The girl in trouble? Like pregnant? Did you get the girl in trouble?" And uh, Oliver said yes in order to get money from his father so she can get a cancer treatment. Um, so towards the end of her life. Um, from her hospital bed, Jenny. It was dramatic. It was a very sad story to see two gorgeous, beautiful people in love and her sleeping away like that. It was, it was drama, drama. Not, not, not a happy love story, okay, my darlings? From her hospital bed, Jenny made uh, funeral arrangements with her father. And then she asked Oliver, um, um, not to blame himself because he kept on feeling very bad about the fact that she she never went to Paris. Uh, he felt that uh, he, t he held her back from her music. Uh, but she told him it was worth for the love they shared. Okay, nothing else mattered. That was the, the essence of the, of the movie. Okay, nothing matters. Nothing. Love, okay? So if there was one message, it was that. Uh, uh, Jenny's last wish was uh, made uh, when uh, she asked uh, Oliver to embrace her tightly before she died. It was very sad. So as uh, grief-stricken Oliver leaves the hospital, he was broken. He was devastated, um, cold, and... Um, oh. He was not himself, he was somewhere else. He didn't know what, where he was and um, very hurt, very, very lost, very lost so soul without Jenny. He sees his father outside. Um, his father rushed to New York City from Massachusetts as soon as he heard about uh, the loss of Jenny or, the, or the, the illness of Jenny. He didn't know she was gone yet. So... And he uh, he said uh, if he he asked uh, Oliver if he needed any help if they needed any any help finally he he accepted her okay which was very nice of him okay so so Oliver told his father Jenny's dead and the response from the father was I'm sorry to which Oliver responded love. Love means never having to say you're sorry. Something that Jenny had told him earlier. So this is the major uh, quote from the movie, the major line that everybody remembers from that movie and it became a major quote uh, of all time. So love means never having to say you're sorry, my darling. So Oliver walks back alone in an outdoor uh, ice rink where he used to skate uh, while Jenny was looking at him uh, before um, she died um, from the seats around there and uh, he was just skating and um, this is the end of the movie he was cold he was frozen without her um, that was the end but uh, the most important part of the movie was the line the line and the essence of the movie is uh, love means never having to say you're sorry. So for all of us uh, that um, were in love and uh, we lost, uh, like in my case, where I lost somebody very special, to this day I can say um, I'm not sorry that I loved him. Uh, uh, no, not even at all. No, I I'm not sorry. And... Um, this is what love is, okay? And I would never replace those moments uh, of elation and uh, height 
and uh, happiness and uh, fulfillment uh, uh, of the love that I felt about this man. So yes, I'm not sorry. He's very special to this day. He's in my heart. He is very special and he knows it because I told him so. Okay, so let's hope he comes back. Let's uh, hope, my darling. So I think that's it. And I'm going to continue with the next uh, piece. Uh, the other movie, A Man and a Woman, next. Okay, love, love continues. Romance, my darlings. Romance on uh, election night, no less. Uh, something to break the tension and to the anticipation to just uh, soften uh, the edge a little bit. Uh, thank God I have um, the podcast and it's a great time to do it because who wants to be sitting uh, here watching the television while all these numbers are going on? And Anyway, so I'm going on with a man and a woman. Before I said it wrong, my darlings, it's un homme et une femme instead of filia because Filia is, uh, is a girl, a femme is a woman. So it's the man and a woman, uh, un homme et une femme. Very famous, very famous movie, 1966, uh, French. Written and directed by Claude Lelouch, starring Anouka May and Jean-Louis Trinigant. So... It's the story about a young widow and a widower uh, who met uh, by chance uh, at their uh, children's boarding school um, and whose budding relationship is complicated by the m memories of their deceased spouses. The film is notable for its lush photography, which features frequent uh, segs uh, among full color, black and white and sepia tone shots and for the memorable musical score by Francis Lai. This is where the whole uh, podcast started about Mr. Francis Lai. So the score here um, received a lot of attention and it's very, very classic and timeless, all time favorite. Okay, so the story now back to the man and the woman. Um, it was the sixth highest grossing film of uh, that year and uh, won several awards including uh, Cannes Film Festival, uh, Golden Globe Awards, two of them, for Best Foreign, foreign Language Film and Best Actress Drama for uh, Anuka May and uh, two Academy Awards for Foreign Language Film and Best Original Screenplay. There were sequences, uh, sequels, uh, sequels, sequels to this movie, but um, the original one was the most important one. Uh, the sequel was um, a man and a woman 20 years later and uh, a most recent one uh, released in uh, 2019 which i have no idea it's called the best years of our life i have to see this maybe i will watch it tonight the plot uh, the plot uh, a young widow anuka may her name is anne is raising her daughter francoise along uh, following the death of her husband Pierre who worked as a stuntman and who died in a movie set accident that she witnessed she was working as a as a film script supervisor and uh, now a widow 
she divides her time between her home in Paris and uh, the villa in northern France where her daughter attends boarding school. At the same time, a young widower, uh, Jean-Louis, Jean-Louis uh, Trintigant, um, the name of the actor, is raising his son Antoine alone following the death of his wife Valérie. Valérie committed suicide after Jean-Louis was uh, near a fatal crash during a 24-hour uh, um, uh, rally. She was working, he was uh, working as a race car driver still. And uh, even though he came very close to an accident, to losing his life, he still continued with his car um, racing. So um, uh, now a widower, uh, he's uh, dividing his time between Paris and the villa where his son also attends the boarding school. Okay, so one day Anne and Jean-Louis meet at uh, the villa, the boarding school, after Anne uh, missed her um, last train back to Paris. Uh, Jean-Louis offered uh, her a lift and the two became acquainted um, during the drive home and joined each other's company. When he drops her off, he asks... Um, her if she would like to drive up together the following weekend and she gives him her telephone number very classic move right mm -hmm. after a busy week at the track preparing for the next race Jean-Louis calls uh, calls and they meet the early Sunday morning and drive to the ville in the rain Clearly attracted to each other, they enjoy a pleasant Sunday lunch with their children who get along well. Later that afternoon, they go on to a boat ride followed by a walk on the beach at sunset. A very romantic scenes, okay? Jean-Louis spends the following week preparing uh, for and driving in uh, the Monte Carlo Rally in southern in the in southeast France, um, every day and closely follows um, news reports about the race, which takes place in poor weather conditions uh, along the icy roads of the French Riviera. On the 273 cars that started the race, only 42 were able to finish, including Jean-Louis's white Mustang, uh, number 145. Uh, watching the television coverage uh, of the conclusion of the race, uh, Anne sends Jean-Louis a telegram and reads, Bravo, I love you, Anne. Okay, very classy move. Bravo, I love you, Anne, okay? That was the note. Okay. Telegram, my darlings. No text. Okay. A telegram. It was more chic. Then that night at a dinner for the drivers at the Monte Carlo Casino, Jean-Louis receives uh, the telegram and leaves immediately. He jumps into another Mustang, number 184, used during the race and drives through the night to Paris, telling himself that when a woman sends a telegram like that, you go to her no matter what. Uh, true, yes. Along the way, he imagines that the reunion, uh, how would that be like? Uh, when he gets to her Paris apartment, Jean-Louis learns that Anne is in the villa, so he continues to drive north. Jean-Louis finally arrives in Deauville and finds Anne and the two children playing on the beach. When they see each other, they run into each other's arms and embrace. After dropping their children off to the boarding school, Jean-Louis and Anne drive into town where they rent a room and begin to make love with passionate tenderness. While they are in each other's arms, however, Jean-Louis senses that something is not right. Anne's memories of her deceased husband are still with her and she feels uncomfortable continuing. 
Anne says it will uh, be best for her to take the train back to Paris alone. After dropping her off at the station, Jean-Louis drives home alone, unable to understand her feelings. On the train, Anne can only think of Jean-Louis and their time together. Meanwhile, Jean-Louis drives south through the French uh, countryside to the Paris train station, just as her train is arriving. As she leaves the train, she spots Jean-Louis and, surprised, hesitates briefly and then walks towards him and they embrace. End of story, my darlings. That's the story. It's very romantic. It's very uh, mature in a way. It's a very grown up. The characters are very seri serious. They're not playing any games. Uh, they understand the game of love. They both had it and they lost it. They understand that there are children involved. There are other uh, sacred lives involved and uh, this is not a game okay so um, I like that uh, the men the grown-up men version and the grown-up woman version they see relationships different now a little bit more uh, important a little bit more sacred uh, it's not a game life matters uh, love matters really for these people and uh, it's a lot at, at stake, a lot of people, a lot of people are there, and especially the kids. Um, it's a true, beautiful story, gorgeous, what can I say? Ideal, ideal, my darling, so don't we want a story like that? So we can live happily ever after, right? Right? You tell me, right? So, anyway, this is the end of the podcast as far as um, the stories about the music, the scores, the composer, the actors, the actresses, the titles, the quotes and everything. So I hope you got some romance out of that. Uh, I hope you, hope you enjoyed um, the beauty of romance, the beauty of love, uh, the classical uh, love stories of the 1970s they were more pure more elegant more uh, sophisticated more grown up i think and uh, they were more uh, uh, more of a diamond of stories you know there were two beautiful diamonds in here and here i go again back to the diamonds but uh, these uh, sparkling diamonds um, they will eternally sparkle and uh, enlighten us so I think I'm going to end here and um, if I have any surprises uh, please uh, wait and see if they're coming up later I will surprise you maybe maybe not depending it's a surprise Okay, the entertainment continues with uh, 1970s glamour and uh, cinema, my darlings. And um, here I'm going to give you some of the best known movies of uh, the decade and um, see if you can get um, inspired uh, to watch any of these because it was a very glamorous time for the movies. So here I'm going to tell you the list. Badlands, 1973, Days of Heaven, 1978, Any Hall, 1977, Manhattan, 1979, Harold and Maud, 1971, Ali, Fear Eats the Soul, 1974, American Graffiti, 1973, What's Up Dark, 1972, Play It Again Sam, 
The Goodbye Girl 1977, Play Misty for Me 1971, Coming Home 1978, Claire's Knee 1970, Silver Streak 1976, Feast of Fury 1972, Heaven Can Wait 1978, In the Realm of the Senses 1976. Shampoo, 1975. Test, 1979. The Three Musketeers, 1973. The Panic in the Needle Park, 1971. Every Which Way But Loose, 1978. The Way We Were, 1973. Thieves Like Us, 1974. The Private Life of Sherlock Holmes, 1970. The Four Musketeers, 1974. Robin and Marian, 1976. Love Story, 1970. The Story of Adele H., 1975. King Kong, 1976. Uh, Summer of 42, 1971. 10, 1979. Deep End 1970 Taste the Blood of Dracula 1970 Avanti 1972 Bed and Board 1970 La Combe Lucien 1974 Ryan's Daughter 1970 An Unmarried Woman 1978 The Great Gatsby 1974 California Suite, 1978 Turkish Delight, 1973 Donkey Ski, 1970 Boxcar Bertha, 1972 A Little Romance, 1979 Do you want more? Let's see if we can get some more. Okay, next. My Brilliant Career, 1979 The Landlord, uh, 1970. Man of La Mancha, 1972. Same time next year, 1978. Swept Away, 1974. The Last Tycoon, 1976. The Electric Horseman, 1979. Love on the Run, 1979. Two English Girls, 1971 Mandingo, 1975 Minnie and Moskowitz, 1971 Arabian Nights, 1974 The Magic Flute, 1975 Butterflies Are Free, 1972 Sunday, Bloody Sunday, 1971 A Swedish Love Story, 1970 The Man Who Loved Women, 1977 Lancelot of the Lake, 1974 House of Dark Shadows, 1970 They Might Be Giants, uh, 1971 Stay Hungry, 1976 The Count of Monte Cristo, 1975 On a Clear Day, You Can See Forever, 1970 Love and Anarchy, 1973 From Noon Till Three, 1976 The Owl and the Pussycat, 1970 Darling Lily, 1970 We All Loved Each Other So Much, 1974 The Lords of Flatbush, 1974 Grand Theft Auto, 1977 Ice Castles, 1978 Starting Over, 1979 Lust for a Vampire, 1971 Corvette Summer, 1978 The Go-Between, 1971 Bobby Deerfield, 1977 Four Nights of a Dreamer, 
Breezy, 1973. Herbie Rides Again, 1974. The Man Who Loved Cut Dancing, 1973. The Main Event, 1979. Friday Foster, 1975. The Things of Life, 1970. Maitress, 1975. Cinderella Liberty, 1973. The White Sun of the Desert, 1970. The Sleeper and the Rose, 1976. Head Over Heels, 1979. What's the Matter with Helen, 1971. The Last Embrace, 1979. My darlings, there are so many. I gave you already 100. I think that's it. I'm going for the next um, 50 and see if there is anything interesting. There is a lot. Um, there is a lot, but let's stop Beauty and the Beast, 1978. Young Lady, Lady Chatterley, 1977. Um, they have a lot. Uh, it was a great uh, decade for amazing movies uh, but um, let's make it nice and easy and stop here the world's greatest lover how about we stop here okay Jen Eyre okay the world's greatest lover is 1977 Jane Eyre 1970 Claudine 1974 Wither in Heights 1970 There is a Girl in My Soup, 1970, Scent of a Woman, 1974, A Lot, A Lot, The Mark of Zorro, 1974, um, The Only Game in Town, 1970, Warren Beatty, Elizabeth Taylor, Rama Romance, A Lot. Office Romance, 1977, As You Like It, 1978, The Little Mermaid, 1978, the Thief Who Came for Dinner, to Dinner, Ryan O'Neill, Jacqueline Besset, Warren Oates, wow. Amazing, amazing time. Chapter 2, Welcome to LA. The Other Side of Midnight, my darling, I love this, I loved this uh, movie. Blanche, Heat. 1972, Blanche, 1971. The Professor, Alain Delon, 1972. The Lacemaker, 
1979 there are so many amazing Barocco Gerald Depardieu Barocco 1976 um, Wow Where the Lilies Bloom 1974 Cuba Sean Connery Hello 1979 I may see this movie tonight Mahogany Diana Rose 1975 Bloomy Love, 1973, The Dove, 1974, Coupe de Grèce, 1976, Persuasion, 1971, The Europeans, 1979, A Love Affair, The Eleanor and Lou uh, Jack Rigg story, I have no idea what that is, but um, the more I, I, I go on, the more Emma, Emma, 1972, The Scarlet Letter, 1973, Abdication, 1974, um, Don't Play Us Cheap, 1973, The War Between Men and Women, how ironic is that, if I end it here, okay, I started with love, and I'm ending with war, okay, the war between men and women. This is the last one, but there are so many. There are so many. So, that's it, darlings. That's it. Uh, the war between men and women. Jack Lemon, Barbara Harris, Jason Roberts. Comedy drama. Okay, at least it's a comedy. It was in 1972, okay? So, I guess uh, something cute and romantic and it's not actually a war okay so okay at least uh, we're ending uh, on a good note uh, still on the romance on the romantic side on uh, the fun and the joy of romance and love and uh, take a look at um, the charts of uh, movies from the 1970s uh, and now my love very famous movie 1974 there is so much and um, let's leave it here because this is going to take on forever and ever it's going to become uh, boring as the news uh, with the election number so wish me luck uh, so I can get my wishes uh, wishes uh, fulfilled uh, regarding this election and uh, I will love you forever okay bye bye